producers, everybody. And action. Hi, guys. You're listening to Black Girl Film Club, a podcast where two black women discuss movies. I'm Brittany. And I'm Ashley. And on this month's episode, we're going to be doing something different. Yes, you heard it. We're doing a monthly episode. Um, We were cursed uh, by Black History Month 2019. Cursed, I tell you. (laughs) Um, We actually recorded two whole ass pot, like two whole ass episodes. Mm Mm-hmm. On um, Love Jones from 1997 and Love and Basketball from 2000 and the Black History Month curse fucked up our audio and we weren't able to get those episodes out to you guys. Mm-hmm. And we wanted to make sure that you all had something. Um, so we decided to kind of like mash both episodes together and discuss the movies um, you know, compare and contrast them and see what we get out of it. Um, and Ashley, for like the this is like the seventh time. It really but is, y'all. <laughs> Ash like Ashley showed me this list or a tweet, like which of these movies like it was something like which well, one of these can go and like both of us are like all of them can go. They absolutely can. <laughs> And it it was like Love Jones, Love and Basketball, Brown Sugar, and was it Jason's lyric? Which honestly, y'all, Jason's lyric could stay. I feel I'm like not it was Brown why, Sugar. Or something. <laughs> I feel like it was like of- another Sinan Lathan feature yeah. film. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I don't. I I'm not gonna say too much about her because she did bite Beyonce. She did. But, I mean, <laughs> she's a good actress sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I, I felt like, okay, I guess we'll dive back right, right into it. So, um, we've talked about both these movies at length. And I guess we could talk about maybe some of the highlights from each film. Starting with Love and Basketball, since that's one that we watched first. Um, yeah, and I think that's the one we like more than the other. Definitely. <laughs> um, so I'm pretty sure if you listen to Black Girl Film Club that you probably have some knowledge of, like, Black film. Mm-hmm. And if hope. you don't, then I guess we could take a minute to explain what Love and Basketball is about. It's a... Uh, Movie, it's a romantic drama starring Omar Epps and Sanaa Lathan as uh, Quincy Q. McCall and Monica... Right? Uh, Monica Wright? Yeah. Um, And they play two um, people who are in love with basketball. Um, Ball is life for them. And <laughs> <laughs> they meet when they were 11 years old and they get into it they have like a a schoolyard scuffle in somebody's backyard that scars one of them for life literally Mm -hmm. um and the movie is just about how they fall in love fall out of love but the one constant that they have is basketball and 
it's supposed to be a really romantic movie, I guess. Yeah. But I personally didn't find anything romantical about it. No. Like, to borrow a romantical from Flavor Flav, it wasn't romantical. No, romantical it was not. <laughs> it's actually kind of fucked up in many, many ways. It, um, I think what makes it unromantic is that Quincy is a misogynist. That's, he's a misogynist. First, he believes that women can't play basketball. And they, I I don't want to go as far to say that they shouldn't play. But he is like in total shock that Monica, when he first meets her at 11, that she really likes basketball, that she's good at basketball. Um, that she even knows like stats and stuff about her pl- favorite player who is Magic Johnson. Mm-hmm. And he was like dead set on telling her she can't do all this because she's a girl. Yeah. Yeah. He's basically decided like you're supposed to be on the sidelines cheering for me. And I don't know why, you know, you even think that you should be on the court with me at all. Um and a lot of it's kind of like learned behavior from his dad, which who trifling? Yeah, we find out the Allstate man is a trifling ass hoe. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, it's just just the facts, y'all. But like, yeah, he basically like even when she kind of becomes his equal and surpasses him, he still kind of treats her like, oh, you know. People only know you because you my girl or whatever. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And uh, you could tell he's just not prepared for her to be, like, his equal or better. And once she gets her shit together, she really is better because she learns how to be a team player. She learns, you know, not to be such a, um, I guess, an immature player. In many respects, although he doesn't really have to learn those lessons and she does, which is unfair. But yeah, it's kind of like, where is the romance in this? I guess it's because of like certain iconic scenes that we talked about in in our first episode (laughs) Um, (laughs) that people kind of had taken with them for like, I mean, this movie is almost 20 years old. Yeah, next year. Yeah, so we've been carrying this movie on our backs as a culture. Damn, on our backs. On our back. Listen, I'm telling you, people will drag this movie in. Like we looked at the at the comments on like YouTube and Netflix, and it's all like, "This is my favorite movie. It's just so romantic. I loved this movie when I was younger." Like, (laughs) no, (laughs) please no. Love yourselves. Oh, like I was telling Ashley, like the first time I saw this movie was actually in theaters mm-hmm. and I was about like 13 years old and all my friends in school like loved this movie. And I was like, the fuck, fuck wrong with y'all? <laughs> um, I couldn't figure out what I didn't like about it. And it was because like, it's a terrible, it's, it's a love story about a toxic relationship that is trying to gaslight the audience into thinking it's romance. And yes, I just use a lot of internet terms, but they're valid. Yeah, gaslighting is a real thing, y'all. And it happens all the time. It does. Mm -hmm. And I feel like 
Quincy couldn't take Monica being like Monica is a better basketball player than her. The only reason that he had some success in college was because he's he, famous. Yeah, his father was a a yeah, I guess he was famous. I, I mean, famous for like being on the Clippers. <laughs> <laughs> Like he's not. I mean, he's he's not like he like nobody knows him. Like we don't get like the nationwide perspective of Zeke McCall, but like people in the L.A. area know him. So I mean, this guess is good enough. And he gets. I mean, they have a nice house, so it's not like they're. Um. I mean, it's not like he's out here scraping the bottom of the barrel or whatever. Although they yeah. live next to Monica's family, which is not very rich. So I don't know. Maybe. That's because like in the beginning of the movie, when Monica and her family first moved in, um, Debbie Morgan, who played Nona, who's Quincy's mom, made the comment about um, the black people down the street became the black people next door. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to be that person, but historically, when more African-American people move into certain areas, like, it's a, de- a fucked up decline in the, pop- property value at times. Yeah, considered decline or whatever, which is historically racist. Although, yes. it's weird because I don't know. I've always known Baldwin Hills to be, which I assume is where they live. I've always known it to be like a black the- black. Black Beverly Hills? Yeah, but I've never... I don't know enough about, like, L.A. or Baldwin Hills or any of that to, like... I'm about to Google it. But, like, I I wonder if she was just kind of like, oh, we've, we moved away. <laughs> we moved and away now, to, get, to get away from you people. <laughs> and here you and go. now look where, look where you guys are. Oh, right and, next door. <laughs> that, it could have been that kind of comment because, you know, you know people be like that. Oh, it's we. Oh, I looked it up. It originally was a Japanese American community. Oh wow! Like in um, post World War II area, there was a Japanese school nearby, and um, I guess there was like a shared sense of like, um, like call it, I guess solidarity from discrimination with like the Japanese Americans and African Americans. And at one point was the largest Japanese American or one of the largest Japanese American settlements in California with like Mm. 8,000 residents in the 70s. And then it started to to decline. And I think it said because of a belated response to the Watts riots. Hmm. So I don't know. But that's a little history that I didn't know. I don't know if that's all accurate and set. But the point is the lady is bougie. (laughs) Extra, extremely bougie. Um, but yeah, so um, I think one thing I liked about this movie was the, even though it's like kind of like surface level discussion, it's got like more of like a, of a gender role topic in addition to the quote unquote romance of it all. Um, because like you said, like, like, there is the thing about Quincy and not thinking that women can play basketball, but there's also, like, the whole discussion of, like, female players being um, looked down upon or expected to, like, sort of be more sportsmanlike, quote-unquote, than their male counterparts because, like, lots of male players throw fits <laughs> all the time. Um, 
and it doesn't seem to be like a problem. Although I was telling Brittany before, like the whole big <laughs> in the 90s when there was like a lot of um, like fights in sports, which I don't think you get that now because of all the fines and stuff. But um, the one I remember, which really wasn't a fight. It was more just like a fucked up situation was when Dennis Rodman kicked that uh, photographer in the balls <laughs> like straight like whatever size of foot Dennis Rodman has like went straight into this man's uh genitals <laughs> and I think that was like the I don't know if that was like the first wave of like serious like consequences for basketball players because I remember that being in the news for like weeks and being like like even when I saw it at like my little tender age I was like that doesn't seem like that was a good thing <laughs> that won't that'll just go away overnight um but yeah I think part of the 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 talk about like what the expectations for female players versus male players um it's kind of surface level in this movie I know like for me personally like playing roller derby um like that was always kind of thing because like the guys got away with like so much shit like the guys would literally have fights and if the girls even talked to the refs kind of crazy, like it was a whole big thing. And so I could see where they were coming from, like when um, with Monica was coming from. Um, and you also get to see like just the inequality between the, the female players and male players because the male players are playing in like that nice ass stadium. I think they go to USC, right? Yes. Yeah. They're playing like this nice ass stadium. The girls are playing at like... <laughs> Like the broke down, like, like this is the the gymnasium from like the fifties or whatever that they kind of use for like a, you know the guys are probably used for practice or what or whatnot. It looked like a high work. school gym. It looked like my high school gym, and actually, depending on some parts of Texas, it probably is worse than some high school gyms here because we don't play around with our sports down here. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, like they kind of get um. They kind of get coddled, like the men get coddled. They get all this attention. Girls want to talk to them simply because they're on the basketball team. And the girls have to, like, put in more work to get respect. Um, But you kind of see, like, the shift, too, between, like, Quincy is used to being, like, the star player, quote unquote, whereas Monica has to, like, actually work and sort of grow as an athlete where Quincy doesn't have to grow or nobody expects him to really grow, you know? He just kind of gets away with a lot of shit (laughs) really easily, which comes to bite him in the ass later. (laughs) Deservedly so. He, that's one thing that annoyed me as well. Like, it, he, didn't give himself like he thought he was a shit like straight off the jump he was acting like he was lebron james <laughs> and baby boy it's different playing high school basketball than playing college basketball and he had like one we saw like maybe two three successful college basketball games and then all of a sudden he thought that he could go pro mm. and bruh it don't work like that. <laughs> His knee or ACL crack like pop rocks <laughs> during that game. You know how when you crack the crab leg open? <laughs> <I thought. laughs> 
was just like crunch. <laughs> it just was bad. And he, he got fucked up. I mean, but you know what? He did it to himself. Yeah, he did because he wouldn't fucking pass the ball. You can't do that shit. Especially if you're not the best player on the team. Yeah, it doesn't matter who your daddy is. Like, you're not the best player on the team. It's a team. It's not just, like, everybody. And I know, like, there are certain players that make it seem like it's just all them. because Like LeBron James. Like LeBron James. Because, I I mean, I'm not really big on basketball or anything. But, like, I know for a fact that he could probably be a team or two by himself. (laughs) Like, um, or at least be like three players. I feel like he's worth like a bunch of players. Like you probably had to just, you could be short a few men on that team, like whatever he's playing. But like, it's a basketball team. Everybody has their part or whatever. And Quincy decided that he had to play the biggest part. And then his little poor little knee paid the price. So, <laughs> and ACLs are hard to like rehab, man. That shit hurts. He never got back on that court. One thing that I know I mentioned in our previous episode, our previous (laughs) unaired episode. We're bitter about this, y'all, okay? We're going to be mentioning this. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Was about, like, none of the characters are really characters. Yeah. They didn't have much depth. Um, If... If anybody did, Quincy probably had the most depth. And that was like what gave him a little bit more was him struggling with coming to terms with his father not being the hero that he thought he was. Mm -hmm. So it turned out like over the course of the movie that like when Quincy and Monica were in college, his father was pulling a Matthew Knowles and had a baby. (laughs) <laughs> and Quincy could not believe that his dad would first lie to his mom, but most importantly, lie to his face. Yeah. Um, because his father was a hero. Right his father could do no wrong. And he was really ready to disregard his mother saying, yes, it's true, when he went to, like... Like question his mom about it. He's like, yeah, some lady said daddy got this, this, um, got her pregnant. He got a baby on the way. And the mom was like, yeah, that's true. And he was about to call his mom a liar until she had receipts. He really did. Um, I'm like, okay. (laughs) Especially the way his dad was like, yeah, so, you know, you need to go to school. You need to get education. Don't worry about turning pro. And by the way, uh, this girl out here talking about I got her pregnant and that's not true. (laughs) Like, like my nigga, y'all are at Chili's. (laughs) (laughs) He he was dropping family secrets at the fucking teach me on Friday. Like, what are you doing? (laughs) You just at the bar. Somebody just came up to your kid and asked him for an autograph. You just call, yeah, by the way. You're trying to get in front of the drama. You know it was. Because there's nothing like, there wasn't anything like gossip or whatever the fuck. So, like, he had time to do that. It was like, now. Because, I, I mean, we be knowing before they be knowing. At this point, on the shade room and shit. Like, You're right. Like, that is exactly what would happen. But, like, his dad's raggedy. And then the problem is, too, is, like, he takes his dad's raggedy behavior and just takes it out on on Monica 
when she doesn't deserve it at all because she can't be with him and sit with him on the bleachers because she got curfew or whatever and he just decides well you know what fuck you then (laughs) (laughs) and this is a common occurrence like their whole relationship is just like she don't really be doing nothing she just kind of want to like hang out with him and be his friend or whatever and he just be pushing her to the side and shit like he treats her like garbage like he treats her so wrong and then like after the infidelity thing he went on a fucking date with another woman in her face monica calhoun oh bruh ebony (laughs) yes he went on a date with ebony he went on he had the nerve to go on a date with another woman in monica's face and invite monica on the date I yeah. screamed to like a fucking probably what to get. He just said to get some food. I could have been going to McDonald's or some shit. Like, how are you going? How are you going to invite your girlfriend out with some random bitch? Like, how? <laughs> I know. How and they're are already you going to do like, it? This isn't even like a like a new relationship. Like, if you, I mean, if you really count it, like they've been going back and forth with each other since they were. 11 is that what she said yes i was 11 or whatever and then like he just decides that you know fuck that shit like where's monica kahuna because they met at the at her victory party because they won her team won their game they sat there and they busted their asses all year and they finally were playing like a team. She was not there being like a show off and shit and hold her arm up all weird <laughs> and posing after she, sh- you know, shoots her, her shot or whatever. And here he go talking about, oh, you came late and blah, blah, blah. And he out there drinking his Heineken bottle. Girl, why was he drinking the Heineken bo- bottle like that? Like, why were you drinking out that bottle? <laughs> like you were drinking out of like a 40 or some shit. Like he looks so stupid. <laughs> The one he was doing that. I was up there. I was like, "Damn, I hate this man." He's such a piece of shit. Um, but that was like his death with Monica. All she got was like, she really loved basketball, y'all. Uh huh. She got. I love basketball. I love Quincy. I hate my mom. And she only hated. Well, I guess it was a little something with her mom that maybe I felt like maybe it could have been explored a little bit more. I agree. Um, over the course of the movie, like you see little things like her mother's played by Alfred Water and her mother is very like prissy and put together mm-hmm. and poised and concerned. Like her major concerns are her family, making sure her family looks nice. or what well taken care of. And that's what she takes pride in. Mm-hmm. Um, where at like she she her pride her source of pride comes from her family whereas Monica's pride seems to come from her accomplishments on the basketball court and she can't understand how like how her mom's identity is so tied up with her family mm-hmm. that's kind of what i got from it and she feel she she said that she felt like her mom was acting like her father's servant. Like she, when they got into a big confrontation, when Monica was an adult, 
Um, she mentioned a time when she was younger where her mom had spent all day cooking a really lavish meal for her father and for the family. And then when her dad came home, he brought home pizza and the mom just went in the kitchen and put everything away and they Mm -hmm. had pizza instead. So it felt like she didn't really respect her mother. No. For that particular incident, also another incident in the beginning of the film where when they were moving into the house when they were younger, um, the mother like has spent the entire day moving boxes and putting stuff away and, you know, cooking and everything. And then the father came in was like, well, which shirt should I wear to work? And she says, why don't you wear that one? And he said, "Mm, I don't know. Why don't you iron both of them? Uh, <laughs> oh, mess. And she was like, uh, okay. <laughs> and I guess she ironed both of them shirts. And I felt like maybe that could have been something to give Monica as a character a little more depth. Maybe because she doesn't have a personal life. Like she doesn't, she literally does not date anyone in this entire movie besides Quincy. And, and that brief second with Boris Kojo at prom. Oh yeah. But like no one else, like I felt like maybe the movie would have been a little better. Like if she had had someone else for a little bit, like, yeah. Uh, uh, not like a long term, but like maybe a relationship that lasted maybe like a, uh, six months or something. Yeah, yeah, like something like in college or whatever, because we never see the rest of their relationship in college. Well, because like she's, I mean, he breaks the wire and decides to go pro and snaps his knee, <laughs> <laughs> and then um, yeah, and then she goes overseas to Spain and. Like, she doesn't talk to anybody over there. Her um old college, like, rival, they're, like, cool now because they both play overseas ball because that's the only thing that's, like, an, an option for them at the time. And she was like, why aren't you dating anybody? They all love us out here or whatever, you know? And she's like, oh, you know, I'm just not into it. And I'm like, for Quincy? <laughs> like, really? And so, like, that could be, like, a real, like, why does he get to move on with somebody and she's just like sitting there pining over him and shit that <laughs> annoyed me so much he gets, to move we- on with, he gets to move on with tyra banks and she's like quincy i love you i don't even want to play basketball anymore for you <laughs> like it's so dumb it is dumb it's dumb and then i, I think this is we're getting to like the part where I think everybody, like, remembers the movie for, like, this pivotal scene outside of, like, them uh, having sex to, like, a woman's work by Maxwell. (laughs) Girl, I guess. I I used to love that song, man. (laughs) (laughs) I used to love that song. I think before I knew, like, this movie used it. But I used to love that song because I was like, aw, this shit is is (laughs) (laughs) heart-wrenching. But yeah, the the infamous scene, I'll, what is it? I'll play you for your heart or some shit. (laughs) Yeah. It embarrasses me just to say it. (laughs) 
this is I, this is Alfred Woodard's fault because she sets Monica up by saying Quincy can do a lot better. Mm-hmm. And Monica initially gets mad, but after they have their big argument, um, Alfred like clarifies like when I said he can do better, I meant you. Like you're the better, mm-hmm. better than Tyra Banks, who's like a flight attendant or whatever. And they're planning on getting married in two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, so Monica wakes up at fucking what? Probably like two o'clock in the morning. I know. Yes. And knocks on this man's window because they still like their family still live next door to each other. And she challenges him to a one on one game, even though his knee is fucked up and is in a brace, which technically, you know what, Ashley, she was smart for doing that because he, he she like had the strength. advantage. Yeah, if he was full strength, he would have like, I mean, he dunked on her eventually. He would have dunked <laughs> on her like immediately. <laughs> So trash. So trash. Um, they play, and, and initially she's winning. But as Ashley said, toward the end of the game, like, he starts, he takes off his brace, and he starts playing for real. And the game ends with him dunking on her. Like, that is so not romantic, okay? Like, you're not going to do that to me. It's embarrassing. It's so embarrassing, man. And, like, you just, like, opened your heart. You are very vulnerable. You just had basically told this man two weeks before his wedding that he is the love of your life. And he responds by dunking on you. Yeah, just to make you feel bad. And then, like, like, what the hell? (laughs) I can't believe that shit. If I got dunked on like that, I would just take my like I would take my ass in the house and just like, cry for the next five days. Just close the blinds, close the <laughs> curtains, and just don't come outside because like, what the fuck is your problem? Because like, first of all, first of all, first of all, it's already rude enough that you gonna dunk on her when she said like I love you and I've loved you for like my whole life, which is I mean okay, and then <laughs> and then you're gonna take your brace off. The shit that's keeping you together. <laughs> and you just want to prove a point. Like, that's all he did, really. Because there's all this, that thing about, like, women can't dunk and stuff, which I don't think is true, necessarily. Probably at this point, there wasn't, like, a whole lot of women dunking. But it was like, what the fuck is your problem? Like, why would you do that? So, like, you risk injury just to prove a point. I'm like, god damn, dude. Like, did you learn anything at all? This movie was two hours long. <laughs> I don't think he learned shit. I, it would have been great if he, like, made that injury worse. Like, I would have got my life if he did that. Girl, and then they would have both had to take him. No, she would have taken him to the hospital room, and then Tyra would have came in there, and they would have to confront each other. And then they would be like, so what happened? So what happened was... Yeah, I tried to play him for his heart. And he oh, broke his knee. Ashley, then it'll probably turn into Monica and Tyra playing one on one for Quincy. That would, well, that would, that would end very very quickly. <laughs> I don't know what Tyra thinks, but that would end immediately, <laughs> like immediately. So that would even 
what an end to a movie. (laughs) That would have been better than the actual ending where they got married and had a little baby. And Monica plays for the WNBA because Mm -hmm. she is the most talented basketball player in the relationship. Yeah, she is. And he does not play. We don't know if he plays anymore, but I assume it's he's at least chilled the fuck out enough to actually sit on the sidelines with his daughter. And I guess I don't know who that is with them. It was somebody else with them. But like Monica's got her whole her whole drawstring ponytail working, (laughs) (laughs) which I don't even know why she needed it. But I was like, all right, cool. So like. I guess I guess it's a happy ending. She's Monica Wright McCall now. So, yay. She got her man, and she got spawned in the basketball. She got both her men. <laughs> both of the only men she'll ever love. Ew. <laughs> so dumb. Ball is indeed life. Ball is life. Ball is life. But I did want to go back to the thing you mentioned about Alfre Woodard and her whole like being prissy and being like a like a caretaker. I think it's so unfair, and I think some people kind of forget that like because I was thinking about this earlier. I was like, you know, there's so many black women who like there's never been a moment in their family history where a woman has not worked. Like I don't know many women in my family personally that have never worked. So I was like, man, if she wants to be a homemaker, if she wants to be in the house and like providing for her family in the way that she wants to, I, I feel like that is not a bad thing. I, you know what? I agree. Like, let uh, listen, I would love to not have to go to work. <laughs> Me and my mama would both be like, Yes, let's chill at the house and bake. And like, it does suck when like you've done all that work and your family doesn't appreciate you, especially in comparison to like, um, to Quincy's family because that's like a big thing in the beginning where like his family, like his mom and his dad, are like all over each other and like, and like really, really laid it on thick. And like her dad, yeah, they be fucking, yeah, Quincy can hear and shit like that, and like. I don't think Monica's mom and dad are really like that. Like they're not like super overly affectionate or whatever. But I just feel like I was like, you know what? I think too. She mentions like like Monica's mad because she assumes that her mother gave up her catering career for like the promise of a a catering career for her dad. But she was like, like, Alfred was like, girl, I gave it up because I got pregnant with your sister and I wanted to raise my family. And it's like, I feel like that's a, that's like if a woman has that choice, like she can make that choice. I don't think anybody was thinking like that, like back in like 2000 or whenever this movie was, or I don't know. What is this movie set? Like the late nineties at this point or no, the early nineties at this point. Um, I I would say late nineties. No, like, uh, oh yeah, you're right. Because the WNBA was like, like ninety seven, ninety eight, and she was in college in like ninety, like eighty eight to something, something. Okay, you're right, but like I don't know if like that was like a big conversation back then, like it is now. But I feel like a lot of people sort of automatically assume like if a woman wants to stay at home and take care of her family or whatever, that's like 
a bad thing. I feel like if she feels forced into it, it feels like it would be a bad thing. But like she's like, no, I made this choice to like take care of my girls and stuff. Like I don't I don't like fault her for it or whatever. But I think it's kind of interesting because I don't know if we really have like those discussions like as black people of like our elders gender roles and that kind of thing. I know like white women have that discussion and other people probably have discussion, but like white women have been like, like we want to (laughs) work for like over a hundred years now. And half of us are like, girl, I want to go home and sit down. (laughs) You know what? Like, bitch, I want to sit down. Okay. (laughs) Now now that you mentioned it, you just like made me run through like other like mothers that we've seen on film. Mm Mm-hmm. And Monica, like, first, like, a lot of the black moms that we see in black films, like, they're often, like, single parents. Mm-hmm. And they're all, like, working a couple jobs to survive. When they come into the scene, they be like, hey, baby, I'm tired because I just got off my shift at whatever. Mm-hmm. Or like, you know, I was down at the bank doing blah, 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 or trying to take care of you and your brother. Yeah. Shit like that. So, hmm, I think you are on to something. And the, that isn't really a a conversation that comes up often, I would say, for black women. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like to be... Okay, this is me talking. This ain't based in fact. This is based on one opinion of a dumbass. Um, But to be a stay-at-home mom, like, that is a privilege. Uh Um, Because you have to have, like, financial security in order to do that. And I feel like most households, you need multiple incomes to support everyone in there. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and even nowadays, especially now, oh my God, even across like the race lines, like still being able to be a, a stay at home mom or stay at home parent, that's a privilege. Mm-hmm. Cause you see on the news, like they have like teachers who are working several jobs, like, um, like ABC news every three months does like uh America strong well it's not America strong for this instance is it's fucked up but they don't frame it the way that it needs to be framed Mm -hmm. but they show like just your average Americans trying to make ends meet and you meet like a teacher who is like 25 years old they wake up at six o'clock in the morning and they go to work they teach kids all day they do after school tutoring they also might work at the local pizza place from like what seven to ten and then they have a night shift job and you you see them like literally running themselves into the ground Mm -hmm. just so they can have enough money to survive and play back stupid ass college loans (laughs) and shit like that I know. And it's always like um, it's always looked at as like this sort of heartwarming thing or whatever. Like with somebody who walks like 10 miles to like his job at like Pizza Hut or some shit, like they gift him a car. And I'm like, why does he have to do this in the first place? (laughs) Like, this is not a good thing that nobody should be having to like get up at like 4 a.m. to make their job at like fucking 7 a.m. or whatever, like because they have to walk that far and shit like it's always like some heartwarming shit. Like, 
I'm like, this is really, really wrong, dude. <laughs> like, Our oh, society. All these, people, all these people banded together to donate all this money. And I'm like, you telling me he can't afford a car with that job? Now, why the fuck can't he afford a car with the job? Mm. That's an issue. We talked about this in our Snowpiercer episode. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, you're right. Like being able to stay at home is is a, a privilege. I think a lot of people look down on it, especially if you're like, like a baby feminist, you know, like just starting out. A lot of people will kind of be like, no, I want to be independent. And it's like true. Like she, I mean, her mom probably does have to depend on her dad for a lot of things. Um, which doesn't put hair in the best advantage, but also like, I mean, she made the choice. It's not like he strong armed her into it or whatever. So it's kind of, I don't know. Like, I just kind of thought about that. Like the way she kind of looked down at her mom for essentially wanting to take care of them, (laughs) which just seems kind of like, damn bitch, (laughs) like get a grip. (laughs) Get a fucking grip. <laughs> yeah, it's just so annoying to like, I mean, I don't know. I don't have anybody in my family that's a stay at home mom. Everybody who is a woman in my family works. Yeah, I. The only one I can think of that does not work is a teenager. <laughs> so and she might start working any day now. So yeah. Same. So, yeah. So, I just thought that was kind of, I don't know. It just kind of, like, was in the back of my mind when I was watching this. Um, Because I don't think, like, the, um, like, Quincy's mom doesn't work either. But she's more of, like, you can tell she's kind of, like, more like a kept woman. Yeah. Rather than, like, Alfie Woodard. Even though they're both kind of, like, not working women. But, yeah, and then the Allstate man fucked that all up, so. (laughs) (laughs) But she, you know, she found a good man in the end. She sure did. She sure did. So that's good. I think, what's another thing I like about this movie? I think I like, you know what I really like? The music. We did talk about the music. I was just going to say, I like the soundtrack. The soundtrack is good. I don't know everything that's on this soundtrack. I'm about to see if it's on Spotify. I know we talked about how it, it opened with um Al Green. <laughs> Love and Happiness. <laughs> classic. <laughs> Fucking classic. Um, it's letting you know you're watching a black film. That's how you know. Because it always opens up with something that everybody knows. <laughs> and then I think too. Um, oh, the Just Got Paid is wonderful (laughs) that is also a like i i personally know i think we talked about this too we talked about how like the nsync cover yes it does slap (laughs) it did it does but like you know this one had like the 80s dancing and shit like they were getting it (laughs) (laughs) they were okay i found i found a playlist of the the soundtrack, because I don't think they have the actual soundtrack on here. So they got, um, like, Marvin Gaye. They got Just Got Paid. They got My Prerogative on here. Oh, I Want to Be Your Man. I forgot about that one. Some of these other ones I don't know that well. But 
I like the soundtrack. I just like, I mean, honestly, I really just love Just Got Paid. <laughs> that is my shit. <laughs> I, and then, like, when she got dunked on, it played that, like, you made a fool oh, of me. Was that Michelle? Um... Tell me why. <laughs> I, do I, not like, know, oh. I still do not know how to pronounce this woman's last name. Um, Michelle. N- Damn, I, bitch! I'm so sorry. <laughs> I I was gonna. It looks like. Yeah, I can't pronounce it too because I was about to say Ninja Donatello, <laughs> and that's me saying Ninja Turtle Donatello, and that's hell. not. That's not it. We're going to hell, but I do like that song. Remember she had that song? Uh, if that's your boyfriend, he was last night. They used to play oh, that on uh, VH1 all the fucking time. <laughs> that was my shit too. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? Or MTV Soul? I think it was MTV Soul. They used to play that. The good old days when they used to play. Um, they used to play fucking music videos twenty four seven. Although now we have YouTube, yeah. <laughs> so we don't need those things. But yeah, this is a good soundtrack. Most black movies, I feel like they have good soundtracks. Like you kind of just have to, especially if like you're a black movie in the nineties. Or like the early, I guess for this one, early two thousands. Um, yeah. Soundtracks really aren't like that now. I feel like there's like maybe like there's soundtracks that like have like big name people on them, but like there's not like. I know the Black Panther soundtrack was something, yeah. but I have never heard it. Um, I've only heard one of the songs, I believe. And I think there was one with Vince Staples on it, but I didn't really care for it. Um, what is the song with Future? The one you're saying, are you talking about the one, um, the song with Future? I don't know. Let me, let me see. Well, I know All the Stars. That's the one with SZA. I don't know that one. Um, oh, I think I'm thinking, I'm thinking about King's Dead. That's a good song. Although, like, Future came in there kind of like, and I was like, nigga, you fucked up the song. And, like, Future came in like, what? Bruh, he literally came, I'm gonna send it to you. He sounds so fucking stupid, and I'm like, why? Who asked you to do that? No, I'm not even exaggerating. He sounds fucking terrible. I'm like, what are you saying? You know how people be like, Future sounds like a, a broke down microwave? That's exactly what he sounded like. <laughs> <laughs> a microwave on its last leg oh my goodness no he fucked it up Nevadius you fucked up that song <laughs> oh my god you fucked up that song you'll never hear this but I want you to know that you ruined it if <laughs> future is never gonna listen to this no he's not he's he's too busy getting mad at Russell Wilson so <laughs> I think he was saying the lyrics to Slob on My Knob. Is that what he was saying? I'm oh, oh my How do you ruin Slob on My Knob? You see how... You gotta be... You gotta be on something else to ruin them lyrics. <laughs> like... <laughs> oh, wait, he was saying that on Black Panther? I'm... I don't know, dude. I'm trying to figure out because I'm just looking at the lyrics now. The song is called King is Dead. Or King's Dead, sorry. So... It has a really good beat and stuff, but like Future came in there on like the like the last little bit and was like fucking it up, and I was like, "This is so bad." So, 
You just gotta edit around him. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I guess we talked about our highlights. We talked about the the low points. I guess we didn't talk about the director. Um, so this film, uh, Love and Basketball, was directed by Gina Prince Blythewood, mm-hmm. and this was her first feature. And we found out that there isn't really much about her online. Um, we found out that she directed some, me sorry, not directed, but she wrote for A Different World during season six. Which is the season I don't pay attention to. The first and the sixth. I just kind of forget. I mean, the season six had its moments because it got that episode where Whitley call into Montel talking about... <laughs> <laughs> Willie is the fool. Willie is the fool. That's my favorite episode. Cause um, anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> but she did not write that episode. Um, yeah, we looked at the episode she wrote, and we were like, we don't know what these episodes are. She wrote four. She's been writing since, basically, since a different world. She's got like Felicity. She wrote Love and Basketball. Apparently Love and Basketball was like based off of her like life in some aspects, but they don't really go into detail. Like I can't figure out like what part of this was her life and what part was like fiction. Um but she's got some other credits. She uh wrote The Secret Life of Bees, which I've never seen. Um, she also um, wrote Beyond the Lights, which I think she directed as well. Mm-hmm. Um, which I like. I mean, I enjoy that movie to a point. Uh, although it's got some like issues with it. So, um, and also stars the only man that cult- cancel culture has ever gotten the fuck up out of here, <laughs> and <laughs> rightfully so, Nate Barker. So. Yeah. Um, and then I think she wrote she's done some other stuff. Like you can see her IMDB. Um, I guess she created Shots Fired, which is like that show with um with Sonali. Oh, Sonalathan. Yes. <laughs> and I never saw the show. It looked like something I wrote. And it got watch. um a little 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 Frenchy, little Frenchy man. I don't like when you do this. <laughs> What's his name? His name is Stephen James. He is in If Beale Street Could Talk. That was my recommendation instead of watching this movie or any of these movies that we're about to talk about today. <laughs> Just watch that one. He had a glorious turn on the Oscars in a red velvet suit with white shoes. I lived. <laughs> I did that too. Only, that was the only part I really saw and then I turned it off because I didn't have the, the time or the, the energy to be stressed about it and you know i i i feel like i had a good night on oscar night because i didn't watch it so <laughs> <laughs> um oh and shots fired also stars um bill compton oh he was okay wait was he the cop that shot somebody um i forget no <laughs> wait i watched shots <laughs> you did i, I watched shots watched fired Yet I can't tell. I was really invested to see if Sanaa and little little Frenchie, um, so tired if they was y'all. gonna hook up. I'm tired of her, y'all. I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> and 
I don't know if they did. I it stopped watching. Season, so, um, but from what I saw, it was okay. Yeah, well, I think it's on uh, Amazon Prime apparently. So, but that's what I mean. Like the things we're talking about now, like this is what we know about Gina Prince Bythewood. So, um, although I think she's going to write something for Netflix or she's uh, directing something for Netflix or something, something I heard a couple of days ago, something based off a comic book, which everything's based off a comic book, but we won't go into that today. (laughs) We won't do it, but um, yeah. Oh, she directed an episode or two episodes of Girlfriends. Mm. So she's been doing she's been doing little stuff here and there. Um, but yeah, this movie is directed by a woman, which I find interesting compared to Love Jones, which is directed by a man, and you can kind of tell it's directed by a man. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Um, I don't know. Well, you know what? You were talking about how Steph Curry said this is his favorite basketball movie. So I don't know if she's. I mean, and she retweeted it, right? Yes. I was going to be like, maybe she, you know, I wonder if she, like, what her, um, like, if she has a different take on it now. Um. I doubt it. Me too. Yeah. So. That was kind of, that's a long shot there. Especially if it's based off her life, like, yeah. Would you recommend anyone watch this? I don't know. So like, okay, when I when we recorded the first time, <laughs> I think I said like, this isn't like a great movie. It's not like unwatchable, um, but I don't think it's like a movie that you should take a whole lot away from in terms of like romantic relationships. Like, please don't ever say like, I want myself a Quincy. Like, oh my God, no. Like, don't do it. Do it. Um, <laughs> like, love yourselves and don't let men talk to you crazy. And don't women go on dates with women in your face and invite you along, like on some six brown chicks shit. Like, don't let them <laughs> <do> you. <laughs> don't even play the basketball game with them. Literally, go take Spalding and knock it into his face. Like, don't let him do that to y'all. Okay, I won't have this anymore. <laughs> I won't. Yeah, let them. don't let. Girl, don't let no man dunk on you. No, literally or figuratively. Yes, don't let them dunk on you, like, on Twitter. Don't let them try to, like, do some crazy shit. Don't let them try to humble you, quote-unquote. Like, fuck out of here, okay? Because <laughs> a lot of you can, like, a lot of them could do with, like, a good, you know, self-reflection and figuring out what the fuck is wrong with them exactly because, yo. <laughs> but I feel like this is, I don't know if this is, um, I feel like, this is one of those movies that like like everybody kind of quotes it so I mean it's kind of one of those like it's part of like you know black culture I don't think you have to like run out and go see it today (laughs) you can catch it on VH1 when you feel like it because it seems to be on there all the time Literally, Britney rented this movie, and then, like, maybe, like, the next, next day, day, they played it on I was mad. Because <laughs> we thought we were, this, we thought this was going to be on Stars. I don't know what's happening with Stars lately. They're not giving us the black content that we need or we expect. For some reason, VH1 is the one doing this. <laughs> like, I don't know. VH1 has just taken up the mantle. But at any rate, I guess, like, 
if you see it, you see it. I don't know many people our age that have not seen this movie that are black. I feel like that is extremely rare. Yeah. I I would say so too. Yeah. Like I feel like if you're like a like a youngin, maybe. Um you know, don't take too much away from this. Please love yourselves. Yeah. I agree with Ashley. Like, if you've seen it, good. If you haven't seen it, you're not really missing much. Go listen to the soundtrack on Spotify. Mm-hmm. Um, Go listen to this woman's work and just chill. <laughs> <laughs> um, if, you, if you like this movie, great. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. I mean, you know what, too? It might be a good, like, exercise. Like, if you saw this movie, like, a long time ago, like, go watch this movie and see how you feel now. I did. you recognize the the insanity that is this relationship. I I did that, and I found out, and I felt the exact same way. (laughs) I don't think, I don't know, like, if, if my attitude changed i just remember this being like such a big deal and when you're watching it i'm like okay that's a good movie whatever and like i wasn't really like swayed by it but like now i'm like girl you should have broke his other knee honestly (laughs) she should have stabbed him multiple times on several different occasions it would have been totally fine if she stabbed him the first time is when he like pushed her down like the day they met he pushed her in the bushes and scarred her for life like fi- like literally scarred her for life and then the second time should have been when he uh he like ran up on her and was like you gonna be my girl now or what <laughs> <laughs> the next day the literal next day she's got a bandage on her face and here you go talking about you know what i think you should be my girlfriend and then you start fighting with her because she ain't want to ride your bike. Yeah, immediately. She's like, I got my own bike. And he was like, well, you got to be on my bike or else. Man, I don't like you anyway. Men are trash, just like young Quincy's hairline. Oh, God. That's the <laughs> takeaway. You, was that supposed to be like, was that supposed to be like period specific because it was like 1981 or some shit? Or was it supposed to be? <laughs> no, that was just a young man's hairline. Ah, uh, somebody just stepped in. Y'all gotta step in on this hair, y'all. Like, don't keep letting these people do that. This is you. This is committed to film, okay? <laughs> like, you have no idea. I get so mad about like wigs and shit in movies now. Like, it just bothers me. Well, don't don't start talking about wigs on TV because you know <laughs> you know you know how I feel. They're so bad. Whoever's on Walking Dead, man, you've had like 10 years and you still ain't got it together and I'm sick of you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sick. The f- Like, man, I know the budget goes to the zombies. I know that, but bruh, that one dude with the cornrow wig that was fuzzy. <laughs> oh, he had the Shamar Moore. Them shits was terrible, bruh. I was like, you telling me in the apocalypse that you ain't found nobody to fix your life your situation I mean it's only like three black people I mean Michonne ain't doing that and she ain't about to bring nobody damn hand but he could find somebody or just take the fucking braids out (laughs) you right 
perfect time to be completely natural. It was like the videos when the like I feel I'd be feeling so bad, but like when people be having their tracks in for like three months or whatever, and you're like, oh no, (laughs) cut it out. That's what his hair looked like. But somebody made that wig for him to wear on purpose on an internationally watched television program. On purpose, they did that on purpose, Ashley. If y'all don't get some black people in the in the fucking room here, <laughs> at least on hair, shit. But anyway, anyway I love Jones. Do you have any? Wait, before that though, do you have any recommendations? Have you thought of any? Like aside from this, like um, should, should the kids watch like something else? The kids, okay. Ashley wants. She recommended if Bill Street could talk, an epic love story of two people who are in love since they were children. With. Yeah. I have not seen. Yeah, so I won't say anything else. But yeah. But I want to see it. And it's by Barry Jenkins. So I would also recommend it. Yes. Regardless. Like, it could be garbage. But like I know it's going to be beautiful. It has a beautiful score that should have won an Oscar. That's the only Oscar I'm really about to be ready to fight people on. Because I don't know what won over it. But I was mad. <laughs> I was so mad. I was like, I think it was from something from Bohemian Rhapsody. And that bothers me. Uh, I think so. And that bothered me because, number one, I don't remember that movie having a score. And number two, like, oh, gosh. (laughs) Oh, it was Black Panther. Oh, it was Ludwig. I don't remember that movie having a score either. I know it did. No, wait, is that the dude that be making music with uh Yeah, with uh, Bobby. Yeah. Oh god. Yes, with um with Britney's day. With yes, with Donald Glover. He's been like Donald Glover's right hand man since like they first put out music way back when. When I still listen to Charles Gambino regularly. When he used to rap over Grizzly Bear Beats, bruh. Oh gosh. You know what? You know what he had that song though with like the Adele song. I feel like we talked about this before. Oh, because you know we flamed him several times <laughs> in the last like two months. I but, um, love Cold Sack. Sorry guys, he did have a song called Cold Sack, or the I album love... was called Cold Sack. He had the little little EP. Huh. Was that the one I liked? Yes, it was the one that you liked. What's the one with the when he was rapping over the Adele song? It was on Cold Sack. Was it Camp or is it Cul-de-Sac? Camp is his album album. Cul-de-Sac was like the EP that you liked. Because I remember. Don't do this to me. Okay, let me look. (laughs) I'm looking. I'm sorry. We're taking a detour. (laughs) We're an intimate podcast. Wait, they don't even have this on here. Give me the thing. It's not on Spotify. No, I'm talking about like on his like list of like um, songs on Oh, it was cul-de-sac. Okay. Oh, it was because they split up EP and mixtape and all that other shit. They didn't have to do all that. That was ridiculous. Yeah, that that's the one you liked. He had an EP called EP. Yeah. Yes. I did like this. I remember this album art. Yes, because this had the adult thing. I forgot what it was called. It was called Do You Like. It was called Do You Like. <laughs> He had another song on this one, but I can't remember. That was the only one I still listen to. I had that, like, saved somewhere. 
and I will listen to it occasionally. But yeah, yeah. But anyways, back to the, you know, Bill Street, um, Bill Street's uh, score is beautiful. Um, you know, get, Barry likes to do the, you know, the close up song people, black people looking right, looking brown and healthy, not looking gray on camera because, you know, Barry care. Barry cares about us. <laughs> he cares about these faces. Um, he cares about these characters. Everybody's beautiful in the movie. Um, you know, there's a lot more, I guess, not, I don't want to say like a more struggle, but it's like a different struggle with like, you know, incarceration and shit like that. So, um, but yeah, if you have a chance to watch it, you should watch it. Even if you don't like romance, like just shut up and watch it anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Just, just watch the movie anyway. Um. Um, so yes, so I guess this is a good time to transition into Love Jones. So Love Jones is a from 1997 was directed by Theodore Witcher. We found out that this was his only film. Yes. Um, it's, it's only feature film and it's pretty much one of the only things that he directed he directed a video from City, like by City High. Yes, yes. <laughs> That's not funny, but it's funny because it's like, of all the credits, like if you really sit there and you go and through people's credits on IMDb, like sometimes like what is revealed is is interesting. He has a movie called Body Count. I don't know what that is. Uh, is it new? No, it was like right after Love Jones. But he said it was terrible. It was with Forrest Whitaker. Oh, oh no, he just he just wrote it. But it was with Forrest Whitaker and um, oh, Ving Ving Rhames. <laughs> Donnie Wahlberg is in here. There's a oh. whole bunch of people in this movie. David Caruso, John Leguizamo, and some white people I do not know. A whole lot of white people I don't know. Yeah, but he said this was like a terrible movie. And this looks straight to video, Loki. <laughs> so like, don't go, um, don't go clamoring to watch this. But also, don't go clamoring to watch Love Jones because it is not good. It's not good. Um, and I don't care what any over forty or over thirties person says because I feel like that is the gang of people who like love Jones so much. I feel like it was a time and a place for love Jones and we missed it by a couple years. By a few years. I'm kind of blessed because like, I don't know what my life would be like if I was standing this movie. Um, well, if I, cause like I told Ashley that I would have, you know what? I would have got caught up. I would have been out here doing spoken word. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> performing <laughs> at jazz club, doing spoken word, wearing like daishikis mm-hmm. and head wraps. Mm-hmm. And be- basically, I would be trash like uh, Erica Badu. That's probably who I would have been. Oh, God, you know Erica stays, like, down the street shit for me. (laughs) 
<laughs> she, I, she stayed somewhere in South Dallas. If I were a little older, like that six, I would have been like Erica Badu for real. Um, what's that group people called? The Crystal Pussy Chakra people. The what? The people that you name? <laughs> no, I saw that on Twitter. Somebody called them Crystal Pussy Chakra. You just can't trust any old girl. The the pussy, uh, the Crystal Pussy Chakra crew. Yeah, that would have been me. Which which crystals work better to detox your yoni? Oh no, (laughs) not your yoni. (laughs) Yo, so like, (laughs) there is no talk about yonis in this movie. I would like to mention that. I just feel like it's a lot of like, like, very pretentious people black people black people who aren't necessarily like from the hood or whatever but they're not like I guess it's like your average I guess like this would be your average 20 something like if this is like a white movie it'd be like your average 20 something um you know not quite college broke but not quite like making it kind of thing either but it's just like there's a level of pretension to this movie that bothers me and I don't know what it is it just every time this is only the second time I've watched this but like even then like I put it on I was like god damn it can I turn this off (laughs) so I was so bad (laughs) the movie is about these two characters, there is Darius Lohal, who is an author or writer slash poet, who's played by Lorenz Tate, Petite King, Lorenz Tate. Petite King, yes. And there is um, Nina Mosley, who is a photographer, who's played by Nia Long. And they meet one night at a spoken word open mic. Yeah. And uh, yeah. they Ugh. fall into something. A relationship of some kind that is also not healthy. Yes, yeah, it's, it's not healthy. Um, It starts off very weird because um, they meet at the club and Darius approach, like Darius sees her from across the room and she goes to get a drink because she wants to refresh her drink for her and her friend Josie, played by Lisa Nicole Carson. And Darius follows her to the bar and he tries to like spit game and he fumbles. He spills her wine and mm-hmm. gets her a new one. And they go back to the seat. Like she goes back to her seat and he goes up on stage and he is bold and performs this piece. Then I'm pretty sure he renamed on the fly. Um, he calls it a blues for Nina. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it is very deep ish and very sensual. Like, I feel like Twitter weirdos who use sensual to describe mundane things mm-hmm. would have eaten this up. Um, it, he talks about being the blues in your left eye, trying to become the funk in your right, and 
every like person in like all the women in the club are like losing their minds. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I guess y'all. And you pointed out who did he compares Nia, Nina to which Orisha? Um, Ocean, which is like I think we talked about is like the the um like a goddess of like fertility, I believe. Let me double check that. Let me not, you know, be out here spitting um fake information. Yeah, so um she's the most popular, one of the most popular and venerated Orishas. Um, but yeah, that I mean, yes, okay. She is the deity of river and fresh water, luxury and pleasure, sexuality and fertility and beauty and love. She's connected to destiny and divination. So I guess there's like a whole conversation too about like, are people destined for each other or whatever um, in this movie? So I guess it's like a kind of like a foreshadowing or something like that. He, he, okay. As He's just corny. Talk, Can we just say it? He just corny. I, I mean... No. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> he's he's corny, but he's way more romantic than Quincy. This is true. This like is true. I feel with Darius, like everything is like a grand gesture of love, which I guess for some people it can be romantic. Like you know. Going up on stage, performing a poem that you allegedly wrote for a woman that you're trying to impress, that's something. That is true because it takes a lot of, you know. Nerve. Yeah, nerve. And you have to be like comfortable with yourself and like going up and saying all that shit, especially when she's like right there and stuff. Like, I can't. Okay, I'll give him that. But like, man, listen, I don't like spoken word. (laughs) So. I just react very like violently to it. I've never liked it. It just bothers me so much. And there is like a million things that that Darius could do. And I will just go back to spoken word and be like, bitch, what the fuck? (laughs) Please go away. (laughs) But you are right. In comparison to Quincy, he is a lot better. Um, He's less well, a lot better, in, I guess, in a different way. He's still kind of like a weird, like, hang up about women, I feel like. Um, but he's not, like, entirely as closed off as Quincy is in the fact that. But, like, he still can't really get his feelings out either. That's another thing. He can't really, like, when it really counts, he can't really, like, articulate, like, this is how I feel about you, and I don't want you to go, and I don't want you to go to New York to hang out with your ex-fiance or whatever. Like, he can't get it out. And they'll be like, man, fuck her anyway. Like, basically, they both do that. I think... Men, stop doing that. I think that he had difficulty expressing his feelings for her because he didn't want to seem like a sap. Like... He didn't want to seem like she had his nose wide open and he wasn't ready to admit like, cause there's a, okay. 
their relationship is weird. He, after like the club scene, he literally shows up at her house. Okay. Yes. I he gets her address from her from his friend who works at the record store because mm-hmm. Nina Nina is there one day shopping, and she writes a check, which I was like, oh, checks. Um, and he especially how checks have come up recently in popular culture. I, oh, don't 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 bring up checks. Listen, if y'all forget how to write a check, it's best for everybody. <laughs> Yes. Um, but he gets her address and he shows up at her house. And that's creepy. And she should have like cut him or something. Um, but that's how their relationship starts. And you can kind of tell from that initial thing where she does let him in to her house that he is in love with her. And later, a little bit later on, and it's still toward the beginning of the movie. He has a conversation with one of his trifling friends played by Isaiah Washington, <laughs> who is married, who I guess has an affair. It's um, weird. That whole side plot was weird. It was. But he admits that he thinks that Nina is the one. But the response that he got from his friend was like, what are you talking about? You just met this bitch last week. <laughs> um, it kind of like stuck with him and that's why I think his difficulties stem from like with expressing himself like he even though he what he was way ahead of himself mm-hmm. he was invested way too early yeah, yeah. he was. He didn't want it make he didn't want to make it seem like he was yeah I mean after like the whole showing up to a, a single woman's house um, unannounced because you got her address off of her personal check. <laughs> I mean, you know, you might want to dial it back, I guess. You know, it's a good time to dial it the fuck back because, like, I forgot that even happened in the movie. And so when I watched it, I was like, bitch, this is fucking awful. <laughs> like, if, if I curb you more than once in, like, a public setting and then you show up at my house... She should have called the police. She should have just got like a skillet. <laughs> <laughs> like Rapunzel and Tangled. Yeah. Or you could do like the, the tried and true um, hot grits situation. Like you oh my. just got his ass out of there. That's fucking like, I don't care. Like, listen, Lorenz Tate is so fine. He's still fine right now being all petite and shit. But like, I can't excuse the weirdness of that situation. I'm sure like that probably may have been more common because you know in the 90s like people didn't have cell phones like that and shit so you couldn't just like go and like look up people and like be on their like instagram or whatever so there's a chance he would have never seen her again but also that that's like that's that for me in 2019 that is very odd and like a very weird like red flag to me very that, yeah, that's a bright red flag mm-hmm. right there. Like, what are you doing, sir? Like, like I'm glad she, like, was like, yeah, no, I mean, I think you're interesting or whatever, but, like, and they have, like, stuff in common because they both, like, like, jazz, I think, and that kind of thing. Of course, they both like poetry, so, like, they're just real, you know, 
I mean, they do have more in, in common than just, you know, basketball <laughs> and each other. Um, but yeah, yeah, that, that, that part freaked me out a little bit. Um, I don't know what else. I don't know if I have a whole lot of highlights for this movie. I feel like, I feel like most of it's kind of a drag. Yeah. It, it kind of drags on a lot and there's a lot of breaking up and then making up and then breaking up and I'm just like y'all got this like middle school ass relationship <laughs> <laughs> well somebody just call it quits already <laughs> and then like I mean obviously I think like Nia Long is beautiful there is a scene on like when she's on his motorcycle or whatever and she looks like something from the, like the matrix and shit I was like okay I love this so much the whole like aesthetic even though tiny little Lorenz Tate <laughs> on that giant motorcycle <laughs> made me laugh. but I think um yeah I just don't I just don't really like this movie like I know it's kind of early to say but like I just didn't really care for a lot of the things in this movie I didn't really care for a lot of characters um I don't like this movie either. <laughs> um, it it it's kind of boring. I mean, Lorenz Tate is the only. I mean, Lorenz and Nia are the only redeeming qualities of the movie. Mm-hmm. I feel like they carry the characters, and they make them seem like real people. Mm-hmm. They're just real annoying people. Yeah, they are kind of, yeah. Like, yeah. they're real people, but they're also real people I don't want to fuck with like that. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Lorenz Tate's friends um, are terrible. Like, Bill Bellamy is one of his friends in Named Wood, who after, like, there's a big miscommunication between, um, okay, so ne- um, Nina is was engaged. She left her fiancé, Marvin, but their relationship was still kind of in limbo for a bit, which I didn't quite understand. Um, yeah, it was weird because he, like, moved out and shit. But then, like, he relocated. He was gone. Yeah, he, like, let, like, he moved to New York or something like that, but they still kind of, like had like a thing for each other like it was really weird like she's like oh yeah i'm gonna go to new york and figure figure this out i'm like but he but he left he like, <laughs> like he gone he gone girl <laughs> um but she went to like new york to like really see what was up with him she told Lorenz, well she told um darius that she, he was she was leaving to like just check some stuff out and he got mad. He started talking to some girl named Lisa. Oh, yeah. and, and when she got back in town, she saw him with Lisa. So she assumed that he had moved on. And neither one really, like, addressed it. But somehow they ended up back to, well, they were broken up for a while. And um, Lorenz Tate's or Darius' friend would decided it would be a good idea to try to talk to Nina. Which, like, what the fuck kind of messiness is that? Like, you could tell that, like, 
you hung out with them as a couple. Yeah. Like, why did you think that was going to be like a bad idea? Do men not think that's a bad idea? Um, I think. Do men think? Some know. They just don't care. Like, that's so dumb. Because then, like, later on, it's like a whole big thing. Because they kind of, like, have this weird coded, like, argument. Um where he i don't know what did he say he was talking about like oh i got a new shift at work and it keeps me up all night or something and it's like a whole big thing i'm like this is so raggedy (laughs) why are y'all being so raggedy and you talking about this woman like this y'all can't even talk about her like a normal like a person and y'all have been friends for how many years i feel like they were at least college friends Right, like, what are you even, what are you doing? Like, y'all probably seen each other, each other's grimiest, and, like, y'all can't even talk to each other about, like, somebody, like, you used to date, and, like, I want to date. So, like, the immaturity levels, man, immaturity levels. And then there's the whole thing later where they go to that party, right? And then they, um, for some reason, uh, needed to not assume... (laughs) that that her friends <laughs> that his friends would be there like the dairies would be there at his friend's party this is how you know him <laughs> this is how you know them is through him <laughs> why is no one thinking in this movie and there's like a whole thing about like how um like they don't <laughs> this is like weird tension and then she's like i want to leave and Bill Bellamy is like, well, no, I don't want to leave. What the fuck? I, no, I walk, home, walk by home by yourself. And I was like, what on earth is happening here? <laughs> like, I did sense. not understand that whole, like, plot line at all either. No, because he was, like, super into her. And then she decided she wanted to leave the party. And he's like, no, fuck off. And he let her, like, he was going to let her walk home, I guess. In and Derek, well. That made a way for Darius to come and swoop, swoop in and save the day. And from Petit, that, they got Petit back. Did it. Huh. <laughs> huh. <laughs> He's petite, y'all. I can't help it. He's, <laughs> He's not as short as me, but like. Petite. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and they got back together from that incident. Only to break up again because of Lisa calling at five o'clock in the morning. Why would <laughs> like she ain't got that? no sense. I still have no idea why would you call anybody at five a.m. for any reason that wasn't an emergency at five a.m. Lisa, maybe she should just on some other shit. Not two a.m. Not like eleven thirty. Not like you know. I just got home from the club or whatever. Like where you at? <laughs> like. And I know shit like in Chicago stays open really late, but like, bitch, like the sun is coming up. <laughs> what are you doing? Lisa, what are you doing? And then also there was a thing too, because he kept her number on like his little cork board. <laughs> he sure did. Like, I feel like in 2019, you would just like have her number saved as like something random and you'd cover your phone whenever your phone rang or whatever. It'd be like uh, Pizza Hut. <laughs> yeah, like Popeyes or whatever. And then, <laughs> why Popeyes calling at five a.m.? Why is Popeyes calling at all? <laughs> like, 
like it's just some stupid shit like that that would happen but like at least like if this movie was made now but yeah like he kept her number and like at this point i think they're living together like she's living at his house or she's just there all the time with the drawer i think so oh gosh with a drawer <laughs> just one solitary drawer because she was house sitting at the beginning and like mm-hmm. some really nice ass apartment and then i guess when they get like when she comes back from new york they get back together and i guess they move in and then it just starts off a whole thing because she picks this fight with him and it's a whole thing about how they have the trust issues because he's like i'm not with lisa anymore which i you know i don't you know i doubt it and <laughs> and then he you know she's like well do you think i slept with wood yes or no and he's like i don't want to know that i'm like well like, that mean, you know, I feel like it was a good answer because there was no, like, there was no way he was going to win in that situation with that line of questioning. It was going to be bad either way. Mm. Yeah, that was a setup. <laughs> she set him up to fail for real. And he basically was like, man, get the hell out. <laughs> I'm sick of this shit. Because <laughs> she was snipping his house with a cigarette. Like... <laughs> like looking like a scorned woman and i was like what is this relationship like what the fuck are y'all doing it just i don't know i i think part of why i didn't like it was the it got boring after a while it is boring for all the drama they had it was like like oh god like this could easily be solved like it's not a like it's not like a baby mama came in the picture or some shit. Like, <laughs> like this is all easily solvable problems. You know, just being like real dumb about it. And to a, like after a while, that gets like annoying. Yeah. Cause like I can see the solution, and the solution needs to happen. Like, <laughs> cause this movie is also two hours, and I was like, why is this movie two whole ass hours? I was in, you got like little spoken word uh, bits in there. Oh. Friends playing drums, talking about God is a woman. And it's just, it's a lot. And I, I didn't care for it. I, I guess I, parts of me did like some of Darius's gestures. Mm-hmm. Mostly him saying that he would bring her, like, Prince CDs just to see her. (laughs) Um, Which, as a Prince fan, if a man brought me, like, Prince CDs, I would lose my mind. Like, if a petite king, petite king, (laughs) if you want to bring me Prince CDs, I'll accept them. Petite kings, if you are having trouble making your way in a world that only respects men six feet tall or taller. (laughs) (laughs) Just devise some way, figure out some music that she likes, maybe, at least for Brittany. Like, if you just want Brittany, just go and get her, like, all the Prince things. She already probably has a bunch of them, but, like, it's just a nice gesture. I would appreciate the gesture. Like, I really would appreciate the gesture. To show that you care. And that you're interested in what she's interested in. That kind Which of is thing. Prince. Um, yeah, just Prince. <laughs> but like. Prince and Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, Prince and Star Trek. And saying people have plus size teeth. 
and oh or God, plus no, size gums. I'm get you something related to that. That's gonna print out all your tweets. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> That's what they'll show me when I get to hell. Like they'll print. Like they'll show me all my tweets. On Judgment Day, bitch. <laughs> And then he's like, remember when you said this person was a scammer because they had plus size teeth? I mean, plus size gums. And I'm like, oh, I don't recall that. And then they're like, whoop, you said it. And then I'll just be in hell. Oh, my God. He'd be like that Stevie J gift. I don't recall. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, I don't know. I don't really have much to say about this movie because I don't really care for it. We don't. It's, 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 I mean, Ashley said all I liked about it, which is the, like, the shots are pretty. The leads yes. are pretty. And the story like, is trash, though. So, like, your first movie, like, you could do way worse. Your first and only movie. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like, you could have directed, like, I don't know, like, Malibu's Most Wanted, but Black. Oh, no. <laughs> Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! Yeah, you could do way worse than this, even though this is terrible. But like, I wanted to do like, I was thinking, did this movie kind of kick off like the whole, I guess, romance like black romantic genre of the nineties, or were there more before this? I guess like something like Poetic Justice. Oh. That came before this, well, right? Well, actually, I would I would not say I Poetic say Justice romantic, is quite like, like this. Because, like, with Love Jones, we also found out that the, the they wanted to make a movie that didn't have, like, violence oh, yeah, and that's or drugs of, related to the plot. Yeah, and that's kind of the cornerstone of... Not a cornerstone, but, like... Definitely an element in poetic justice. Yeah, it does happen. Um, yeah, that has like domestic violence too. There's a lot happening in that movie, honestly. Um Look at the strides Regina King has made. Yeah, yes. We love you, Regina. We do. And you deserved. <laughs> you did. You did. So I ain't even see the movie, but I know. <laughs> But yeah, okay, yeah, I get, yeah, you're right, because that's the big thing in this movie, there's no drugs, there's no um, gang banging, there's no, nobody dies. The, and one thing, okay, now I remember what I actually do like about it. Okay. Outside of the, the leads, um, and I mentioned it in our last attempt, was that I liked that the ending was different. Um, so, uh, Nina is unemployed and she finds a position with Vibe Magazine, I guess, in New York. So, she's preparing to move from Chicago um, to go to New York. And her friend Josie calls um, Darius to tell him that she, um, Nina is going to be on the like noon train out of the city. And if he wants to see her, like this is like the best time to go see her. And you think that he's going to make it to the train station on time Mm -hmm. because we've seen countless like movies where 
the um, woman is leaving and the guy is like trying to get there to the airport or to the train station, to the bus station Mm -hmm. to declare their love for her. Um, And they always make it right on time. But in this film, he doesn't make it. The train pulls off without them like reconciling their relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, But she shows up back into the city like sometime later, probably a couple months later. And she goes back to the club and performs her own poem, which we found out was written by um, Sonia Sanchez. So it's a real poem. Um, And she thinks that he's there and she thinks that this gesture is going to win him back but she doesn't initially spot him and he is there he does see her perform um but i guess he decides to leave and after he doesn't come approach her after her performance she decides to leave and they end up reconciling in the rain which is still romantic i don't know Mm -hmm. why it's like people getting back together in the rain it's you know rain is romantical i guess I guess shit. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Like I don't want to get my hair wet and be like soggy, but I, I guess don't like my socks getting wet. Oh, this shit bothers me. Oh, you're right. But I guess it's one of those. We don't even care about the rain. We're just gonna be out here together because this is the only thing we, the only thing we care about is each other. No, like we're so in love. We don't care about soggy socks. We don't care about fucking up our hair. <laughs> my oh, hair God. is reverting. Could you imagine? Oh, God. Soggy socks, man. Terrible. That would take me right out the moment. This is why you could never put me in a romantic movie. Because <laughs> I'd be like, nah, nah, nope, nope. Cut. Cut. My toes are wet. <laughs> but, like, I thought that was, like, cool. Because, like, you don't see that often. Yeah. It could have ended, like, when he, like, he would have caught the train and she would have never gone to New York and like they would have stayed together although like i guess she'd have to find a job in chicago so like i'm sure the resentment would come out in the end <laughs> especially with the kind of relationship they had i know he she would have found out well no well sherry knew about lisa so maybe like you know they needed their time apart because that wasn't gonna fix itself I don't even know, like, did they reference, didn't they talk about Lisa later? Or no, they were like, or maybe I was wondering, like, did they figure out about Lisa? Like, did they, are we good on that, I guess? I don't know. I I don't think, basically, they argued about Lisa and then Lisa disappeared. Her post-it was still on that uh, chalkboard, though. You know, like, I would have been like, man, show me where you threw away the number. You don't have it memorized anywhere. Like, <laughs> I need proof. Because <laughs> you be out here wild, man. Like, <laughs> oh, gosh. But I think, yeah, I think that's, like, a good scene. Like, he could have played that a lot, like, straight. Like, he could have been like, oh, yeah, this is this is definitely the end of the movie but it was not so i think i think that is basically those are the only parts i like (laughs) yeah i just i don't know it just does not hit me the way other people like like this movie i mean i like the song you know what i do like the sweetest thing that's a great song yeah I mean, the sa- again, the soundtrack is good. 
again, Maxwell makes an appearance Does while he? people be I fucking. All the songs on this movie, actually. Yeah, I mean, and you got Dion Ferris on the soundtrack, opening up the movie. Mm-hmm. It's a good soundtrack. So I get okay. Another thing we like the soundtrack. I feel like every black movie has a good ass soundtrack. Like I feel like you gotta be, you gotta be on some other shit. To have a good soundtrack. You really do. I mean, I don't think there's many like nowadays that like, like I said earlier was like, the movie is like, because you know, some soundtracks are bigger than the movie. Yeah. But I don't think that we really do that that much now. Because even like with, like we said, the Black Panther soundtrack, like you haven't even heard it. I've heard one song. I didn't feel like sitting up there and going through it all. Yeah, I'm probably never going to listen to it. But But yeah, and I don't really know. Like we kind of talked about this too, about how there aren't that many like romantic like black romantic dramas nowadays there's a lot of remakes yeah um and there's some comedies but i don't know if it's like the same thing and maybe that's why people kind of hang on to these movies besides the fact they probably like remind them of like a time in their life because my mom was sitting there there watching this with me and she was like yeah, this movie is so quotable. And I was like, girl, to who? Like, <laughs> like, like, to who is this quotable? And so I was like, is this like for the over 40 crowd? Because like, I don't like, no. And so this is not really like the movie that I would consider. Like I would like reach for, for a quotable moment. But you know, I was also not really doing anything in 97 that would ro- require romance. I was like, in elementary school. <laughs> well, so yeah, I, you know, it just is, maybe it's just one of those generational things. Um, we mentioned Beyond the Lights. That's, I feel like that's one of the more recent ones besides Beale Street. Yeah. Um, Beyond the Lights came out in 2014. Yeah. There aren't, too many like there have been like rom-coms but there haven't been romantic dramas Mm -hmm. yeah a lot of them are a lot of them are not on that wave i don't know why and maybe there's some that we're just missing but um i can't think of any and that's not a good thing (laughs) that's not necessarily a good thing yeah, diversity I, in what's been made lately. I feel, you know, we're not getting like slave movies, which is good, but we're not really getting like romantic movies, which is odd. Maybe they'll make a pivot back toward them again. I mean, it's about time, shit. Like, Love and Basketball is fucking almost 20. This movie is 22 years old. Yeah. Like, whole, like, babies are, like, you know, about to graduate college. college. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I feel like they deserve a good movie like this. I deserve a good movie. Shit. I don't, <laughs> don't want to watch this again. 
you know, maybe something will change. Like, they are allegedly making initiatives in Hollywood to get more underrepresented groups in, like, director's positions and on, like, crews. Mm -hmm. So maybe there'll be a push to, like, greenlight more diverse projects. So maybe we will get these, like, romantic dramas or more romantic comedies or just general romances that we haven't seen i want you to know that i've been so scarred by oscar season but that when you said green light i said oh god she's a green book <laughs> <laughs> and i was like oh, oh god no just- we could take time really quickly to congratulate executive <sighs> pu- producer of green book octavia spencer Okay, I have a question. She wasn't up there with everybody. Yes, she was. She was? Okay, yeah, it was just she, like full of white guys and like her. It was her. She was on the side with the other two black people. No. It was only like three black people up there. Like her, Marshala. And somebody else. There's somebody else black in that movie? I think so. Oh. <laughs> well, she... um executive producer of green book and star of bloomhouse's ma yes octavia spencer black horror happening that ooh, we're gonna have to talk about that movie um i'm already i'm excited but i'm also like nervous (laughs) oh you should be nervous i am nervous you should be nervous i didn't even need a twitter thread to tell me to be nervous about that (laughs) because it told me all i needed to know in the trailer it's going to be a mess. I'm like, why is Octavia Spencer about to make out with this white child? <laughs> <laughs> she going to jail. <laughs> it should be a wild ride because I think most people are like, yeah, terrorize these fucking children. But I was also like, but there's some other things that y'all didn't mention in this trailer. Yeah, there's a lot going on in that. But when I, when I finally got to watch it and I was like, wait, that wasn't in... That wasn't in these threads. <laughs> Y'all didn't mention. And we put that in one of our threads. But like, I just, you know, because like, that's kind of like a new thing. I feel like for Octavia, that she hasn't really been like in a horror movie. And so, and that's kind of like new territory now, I think, since like Get Out and that kind of thing. I think it's sort of making like a resurgence, like black horror, or I guess, I don't know if you want to call it black horror movies, horror movies starring black people. Um, it's black horror, I would say. You would? Okay. I, I mean, yeah, it's, it's black horror. And I, y'all know me. Y'all know I'm excited because there really isn't a lot of black horror movies. Mm-hmm. Um, if you haven't, I know this is totally not in the theme of the month, but if you have a minute, you got a shutter subscription you should watch Horror Noir, which is a documentary about black horror, mm-hmm. um, which I absolutely love. It's very informative. And I feel like as a horror movie fan or as a film fan in general, that it is a great, it's a it's a valuable resource. And I feel like everybody should watch it. Um, but one thing I noticed while watching the movie is like, the amount of black horror films is is not as much as it could be and should be. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited to see what's coming next. And 
like you yeah, I feel y'all know I feel a way about get out. I'm really, really looking forward to us because I have some theories about it based on what Jordan Peele said. It kinda like the films that he told um Lupita to watch to get prepared for it. I'm like, oh mm-hmm. shit. Like, it's going to be something because a lot of those films I really, really like. Um, But I feel like it's it's all doing something new and different. And it's doing something new and different with with black people. Mm -hmm. Like, we get a chance to be different. Like, you you get a chance to be seen in horror. Yeah. And and it's great. Yeah. Um, But, like, with the get outs and the us's, we might get some ma's, which... Mm, might be something <laughs> but regardless I, I look forward to it but yeah Jeez. that's totally off topic well I hope I do hope that they start making some romantic movies even though I'm not super I don't know I'm not like a really a romantic movie person I don't feel like um the only one I can think of like off the top of my head that's like a romantic like a quote-unquote romantic comedy is Bridget Jones Diary and I don't <laughs> I don't even know. Half the time I'm like, damn, the romance came like real late in that movie. But um, I feel like I feel like if we could, we are due. We're overdue. Um, hopefully nobody like sticks to one genre. That kind of sucks. I feel like if you, if everybody can just like diversify their genres a little bit, that'd be great. Um, but also like. I'm just a little nervous. <laughs> now that you said about Ma, I'm a little nervous. I'm a little nervous. And also, I was going to say, too, um, if we could just get some movies that aren't um, remakes, that'd be so great. Because <laughs> a bitch is tired. A bitch is tired. A bitch is tired, man. Like, I'm over it. Like, I think the movie that we talked about before, like, in, like, when we previously recorded this, was... Um, was, was it, it about, about last, last night? night? Was that, mm-hmm. that was the one. That was like the last, like, I feel like romantic comedy that I can remember off the top of my head. And that's with my shitty memory. So don't like hold me to it. But, um, yeah, that's just like a remake of some old shit. Like, can we get something new? And I feel like with as many like romantic movies have been made in the last like hundred and some years of film, <laughs> like we could get one. It's not, I feel like, I won't say it's not that hard, but like, like, damn, bruh, like, just put one out that's good. Yeah. I mean, that's the least they can do. Oh, my God. I wonder if that Tyler Perry movie we watched with Tiffany Haddish, if that counts. The one with uh, Whoopi? Yeah. I cannot remember what that movie is called. And I sat there and watched it. <laughs> you saw it in theaters, bruh. And you don't know the name of it? I don't remember it. I don't. I don't. I'm don't. I don't. I'm about to look at it now because. Also, I would like to remember people. I don't think people know this. Did I say this on the podcast? I was in line for like a chicken basket for like the first 20 minutes of that movie. A chicken basket. <laughs> because I told Davlin we I would get her food because we came and we were like, we came like. They, like, pretty much sat us down and was like, okay, the movie's starting, and, like, we didn't eat before. And so we were hungry. Oh, nobody's full. That's what it is. (laughs) 
movie there's like a romantic plot in that movie but like it's supposed to be like tiffany's movie but like yeah I mean, well, it's 2019. This entire year can't be as trash as the last two months. Now that you said it, it, it definitely will be. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I might have jeans. Ah, this movie's oh god, this month killed us. <laughs> yeah. We're we're trying. So hopefully, hopefully you guys hear this episode. I know we're just out here living in fear at this point. Like shit, man. If you don't. We will lose our minds. <laughs> um, you are watching us in an act of desperation. <laughs> You're listening to us in an act of desperation. Fingers but, crossed that it goes through. Yeah. But I guess we should talk about, now that we've, you know, slandered the shit of Love Jones. Not really that bad. But, like, now that we've gone through that, finally. Do you know, or do you want to say, I guess, what we are going to be watching in the month of March. Yes. So these are my picks. These are Brittany's picks. Be proud so, of Brittany. I'm proud of Brittany. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so we have like a little a doc where we like compile like movies like we want to watch and make like movie pairings of, you know, for future months. So in March, we are going to be doing Set It Off and Dog Day Afternoon. Should be an interesting time. So we're talking about heist movies. Um, I've seen Set It Off before, but I haven't seen Dog Day Afternoon. And that's what made me want to pick these two. Just so I can watch something new. Yes. And I've seen both of these movies. Although it's been a long time since I've seen either of them. Um, I don't don't even remember the last time I watched Set It Off. I haven't seen it in years. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Like, there's whole parts of that movie I do not remember. I mainly remember Queen Latifah and her boo in the garage. Where she's got her, like... (laughs) Doesn't Queen Latifah, like, have her, like, wrapped around... Like, her whole arm wrapped around this girl's leg or some shit? Like, she was, like, all over this girl. (laughs) (laughs) I forget what part... (laughs) I'm thinking of I feel like it's like this the scene that people like will post on Twitter all the time um but it should be interesting they're kind of like different because I feel like in the one you see the heist planned where um dog day afternoon it's more of like I guess it's over like a certain like period like a like a like a limited period of time but then you also have fellow petite king Al Pacino (laughs) acting his ass off Um, and it should be interesting because we just found out like that guys that he played is was actually a complete fucking weirdo in real life yeah men continue to disappoint even Mm. from beyond the grave (laughs) (laughs) yeah because apparently he was a complete piece of shit but you know what they made a movie about him and so we're gonna watch it yeah, and we'll maybe we can um, share some factoids about this guy during that episode. Yeah, I am worried about what I'm going to find because somebody's like, just Google anything he's ever said. And I was like, oh, no, <laughs> it's probably going to be bad. It's going to be bad. But like, I mean, they got a good actor to play him. <laughs> yeah. I shouldn't even say that. I feel like I feel like that's wrong to say. I shouldn't even even be happy about that. But you know, 
information, I guess, moves differently in 2019 versus 1970, whatever the fuck. So this should be interesting if you haven't seen these movies. Um, I literally have no idea where to watch them. It's going to be um, interesting to figure out where to find them. Yeah, because as of right now, like... You can't get them on Amazon. No, and it's... I don't... It's getting so hard to get movies nowadays. I don't get why. There's so many places to watch them. I miss Mega Video. <laughs> I miss Mega. I miss Mega Video so much. You have no idea. I miss it all the time. That was such a sad day when <laughs> when every when they went to jail. Girl, well, they were like, uh, <laughs> the U.S. government has swooped in and said. No more of this shit, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and I forgot what that dude's name was, but it was some crazy name he had to. It was a whole thing. I was um very, very, very upset because I was like, damn. Yeah, pay for shit again. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, when you do have a chance to watch it, you should watch it with us. Um, we should be, I feel like we'll be back on our regular uh schedule in the month of march please god like please you owe us god okay (laughs) please dare you do black history month like that like god damn from start to finish (laughs) oh but i forgot while we've been bitching about february we should talk about um the cool thing that happened the other day oh yeah um so um i believe it was on stylist magazine's Mm -hmm. website we were featured um, on a list of feminist podcasts to check out, and we were like number three on that list. And we want to thank everyone for being recognized. I know because there was a bunch of podcasts that I have not actually even heard of before. So I was like, "Oh shit, here we go! Like, get, get some new material because Greg and Vanessa really ain't popping like they used to be." Yeah. So like, so I I'm that came like at a good like at the best possible moment because like <laughs> we were stressing. <laughs> Ashley was going through it. I was going through it. I was like, man, like not like just the podcast, but like in general, I was like, man, fuck everything. And then like I just happened to like check our notifications and I was like, God damn, what happened? Because we had a lot of them. And usually they're like bullshit from Twitter. It's like, oh yeah, this person liked this tweet. And I was like, okay, whatever. But like there was like genuine like people were like adding us and stuff. A lot of um, I guess our fellow podcasters for adding us and like oh yeah congrats to everybody who was in the list and I was like what list <laughs> and so I went all the way down and I was like bitch are you serious <laughs> I, I I don't know how many times I said bitch to Brittany I was like bitch <laughs> in the same breath of being like so mad <laughs> I was like, <laughs> like not two seconds later being like oh my god so that was really cool, and we're really happy because, like, we just be out here, y'all. Like, if you know us, you know us. We just be out here. Yeah, we do. <laughs> we do. We're authentic people. We are very authentic. I feel like we're, we weren't the only black group on there. I don't think so. I had to check the list again, but, like, we weren't the only. But, you know, sometimes we just be like, you know, this is basically how we be in, like, each other's DMs. <laughs> 
<laughs> like in audio form so it's just nice to be recognized because we definitely were like we're not expecting it especially from a magazine from like the uk and shit and i was like god damn that was a surprising <laughs> thing i was like bitch they said Fortnite. they said Fortnite. this is a british publication we've internationally known <laughs> 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 so again thank you we yes. appreciate it for real yeah that was like such a nice surprise but i guess now that we've said all that we should probably plug the, uh where the fuck we are what we fucking doing um so you can find us on twitter naturally we live there we're employed by twitter not really but we spend all our time there <laughs> like clearly if we were employed there all the Nazis would be gone. But <laughs> that's a conversation for another day. Um, um, but we're on Twitter at BLK Girl Film Club. You can also check us out at blackgirlfilmclub.com. Mm-hmm. You can listen to us on iTunes, Spotify, and on SoundCloud. And if you want, you can send us an email at blackgirl. All spelled out B L A C K Girl Film Club at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah, send us an email. Y'all won't, but like, we, you know, we have to say it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you want to, I'll we'll accept that. it. Is there anything else you want to share, Ashley? Um, I'm so glad the Oscars are over. I'm so glad I don't have to hear about them for like, Another two weeks, probably, until we talk about the 2020 Oscars and shit like that. <laughs> like, <laughs> because once, like, the first film festival pops off, it's going to be non-fucking-stop. So, like, it just stresses me out. I just wanted to say that. So, congrats, you guys. We did it. People won Oscars for shit that shouldn't have been nominated in the first place. But you know what? What kind of world do we live in? <laughs> like, yeah. So, yeah, but you know what? We had some good wins. We had Regina won. Um, I think what, like, I don't remember her name. I feel so bad, but, like, um, there was a woman who won for uh, for the costuming for Black Panther. Ruth Carter. Yes. So I didn't get to, like, look at all the names because I was like, listen, I don't need to be any more stressed than I already am. <laughs> so I have not gone down the complete rundown. I saw the ones that... I saw the big ones and they were kind of yike. But you know what? I'm so glad this shit is over. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yeah, so um yeah, that's my closing statements. The Oscar sucks, the Academy sucks. Um keep watching movies. <laughs> <laughs> yes, keep watching movies, guys. Keep watching movies. If you find any good romantic uh black movies, let us know. Um the only other one I think, you know what? I just thought of one, which is something new with, again, with Sanaa Lathan. Is it just Sanaa Lathan's whole filmography? Uh, yeah. Yeah. At this point, maybe. That it might it really might be true. So, yeah, if you have any recommendations for us, like, you know, let us know. Because um, I don't like to say that there's no movies out there when there's probably plenty. There's a movie made, like, every fucking day out here. So... But anyways, we should go now. We're rambling. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>